here in New York, the state legislature is now weighing the future of 50A, a 1976 law that bars the release of a police officer's disciplinary record without his or her consent. But thanks to our next guest, Aaron Fernando, there are all there are all of a sudden a lot fewer elected officials who want to be associated with the police unions and their campaign contributions. Aaron, welcome to the WBAI Evening News. Thank you for having me. You bet. So, Aaron, you're a college student at CUNY's John Jay College here in New York City, and I understand you were working on a research project about uh, Democratic officeholders in New York who received campaign contributions from police unions while in many cases also espousing support for Black Lives Matter. Uh, can, can you tell us more about what you found and what happened when you released the spreadsheet that contained your findings? Yeah, so I was uh, looking at fundraising uh, um, statistics for different um, Democrats in New York City. Um, and I noticed that a lot of these so-called progressive Democrats who claim to be supporting um, criminal justice reforms, uh, they were taking a lot of money from these very conservative right-wing unions, you know, the police unions, the correction officer unions, and the court officer unions. Um, so I started compiling these numbers. I started compiling all the different contributions from these different unions um, and who they gave money to in this cycle. Um, I wasn't, sure, wasn't really sure what to do with the information um, until George Floyd happened. I noticed that there was a sudden surge of interest in um, holding police accountable, holding elected officials accountable. Um, and I thought this was this spreadsheet was kind of like the intersection of those two issues. Um, so I released the spreadsheet on Twitter, and I, I kind of gained a lot of traction pretty quickly. Um, a lot of legislators noticed it. Um, a lot of people noticed it. A lot of people started calling their legislators and their uh, officials and telling them they didn't want them to be taking these law enforcement contributions. Um, and to date, we have had 17 legislators um, donate $59,000 worth of these uh, law enforcement contributions. Uh, they've donated them to Black Lives Matter and other anti-racist causes. Um, and as long as the pressure keeps on building, I'm sure we'll see some more donations in the future. Right. Now, I think you you found a, a total of 57 uh, Democrats uh, who had been receiving money. Uh, first of all, can you... Uh, say how far back in time uh, these totals go, but also can you tell us who some of the uh, uh, more egregious offenders were or the uh, the ones who were raking in the most uh, money before your revelations came out? Yeah, so my money, uh, my spreadsheet only looked at money from this cycle, um, but if I went back to previous cycles, it would be a lot more. Um, but even this cycle, you have some really egregious people, like you mentioned. For instance, um, it's usually a lot of conservative Democrats. You know, you have like Diane Savino, who's a senator for Staten Island, who was part of the IDC. She's taken $63,000 from law enforcement this cycle alone, which is a staggering number. Um, then you have other people in more conservative districts like uh, Andrew Gnordis, who's a senator for Brooklyn, uh, Peter Abate, who's, a senator, who's an assemblyman in Brooklyn. Um, then you have the speaker, Carl Heasty, um, who is an assemblyman in the Bronx, He's taken $26,700 this cycle, which is, I think, is a staggering amount for the Speaker of the Assembly um, to be taking. Um, and you have all these people who they claim to be supporting these policies and they claim to be Democrats, and yet they're taking money from unions that endorse Republicans, that support conservative policies. Um, I just don't think it's right. Right. And can you uh, describe uh, some of the some of the people who who some of the people are that have returned their donations. Uh, who are some prominent people in that group who uh, 
had second thoughts and uh, and uh, forked the money over. Yeah, I think before uh, before uh, a couple days ago, you had some assembly people like um, you had Arafel Simotas, you had Catalina Cruz, you had uh, Carmen de la Rosa, Natalia Fernandez. These are all members of the assembly. Um, some of them are pretty progressive. Uh, and then you had the big one was Mike Gianaris, who had taken about $17,000 from law enforcement this cycle. Um, he has a kind of a national profile because he stopped Amazon from coming to Queens. Um, and when he announced that he would be um, donating his money, that kind of set up a whole new chain reaction because he's one of the main members of the, the state Senate leadership. Um, so to have him donate the money was a big deal. I think it really pushed the cause forward. Um, and since then, we've seen a lot more Democrats. Um, some of them are more progressive Democrats who didn't know they had these contributions. Um, and some of them are Democrats who are just concerned about their reelection. Uh, it's a mixture of the two. Um, it's really interesting to see which Democrats are uh, donating their law enforcement contributions and which ones just don't care. Mm. And 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 just to be clear for our, our listeners, uh, it seems like the bulk of those contributions are targeted at state legislators in the Assembly and the State Senate because a, a lot of the most important laws that affect New York City are determined in Albany by our state government, including the fate of uh, 50A, the controversial law that uh, shields uh, police records from police disciplinary records from being released. Uh, um, can you also describe the the impact uh, uh, your your action has had uh, nationally? I, I understand uh, there's other people now uh, doing similar research and uh, publishing of, of this kind of information around the country. Yeah, I mean, I originally intended only for people in New York City to really care about this. Uh, I didn't really think about the national implications. But I've had people from all over the country uh, message me and ask me how they can do this for their own states and their own city. Um, and we, I'm currently I'm keeping track of all the different spreadsheets I'm getting from across the country. Um, I think it's about like 30 or 40 right now of people who have compiled their own numbers on which Democrats in their cities or states are taking these law enforcement contributions. And they've been pushing them as well. And we've seen some real change already. Um, one of the most prominent ones that I saw was the uh, Senate, sorry, the, the Senate, the president of the Colorado State Senate uh, returned his police contributions once he was called out on it. Um, and a lot of the people who are compiling these uh, these numbers are young people like myself. I think it just goes to show that my generation is not really going to tolerate, uh, you know, kowtowing to law enforcement's uh, every uh, whim. I think we're really going to challenge them, and we're going to hold them accountable, and we're not going to be uh, not going to be like how people have done it uh, for the past decade or so. Right on, Aaron Fernando. It, it, it seems like the uh, the days when a, a politician could both take police union money and say they support Black Lives Matter is uh, coming uh, coming to a close. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, this evening on WBAI uh, Evening News, and and for all the good work you're doing. Of course. Take care. Okay.